Uh, bam, we're live. I'm trying to be woke. I actually go in the ladies' restroom now. Sure. Well, because technically I'm a man, but I identify as a pervert. I'm trying to be woke. I actually. I apologize. I thought I thought we were doing a live call-in show. I I apologize. I didn't realize this was the team's uh, semifinal show. Was... Should I come back tomorrow? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Good morning, Alec, 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 Eric. Ah, good morning, Eric. I had a small meltdown. Jeez uh, Louise, good morning. Omar Canejo, good morning. Kelly Slater, good to see you, buddy. Look at you with Rich Froning trying to front. Uh, Angela, good morning. All hearts and shit. That's good stuff. Chris, good morning. Brian Friend, good morning. Uh, pool Boy, good morning. David. Uh, Assalamu alaikum. Yes, thank you. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, uh, Assalamu uh, Yes, thank you. <laughs> yalla, yalla. Uh, good morning, Isaac Ab 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 Abad Abad from the Dubai. From the Dubai. Oh, there she is. Okay, we can start the show. Uh, that's wrong, Eric. Uh, not my boyfriend, so I don't care. Oh, I thought you were just gonna say good morning to us. You're already fighting in the comments okay uh robbie myers uh, good morning i'm glad you've taken your hat off uh for when you um come on the show i remember when you used to wear your hat in here not cool uh richie rich thanks sebby <laughs> and brian i think i've never and will never play frisbee toss but i know more about it and the players than anyone else i know i remember or the richie rich cartoon that's not around anymore is it uh, Jay Hartle, did you hear about Jamie Foxx? I know that um, uh, I, I saw something on TMZ that he got hospitalized for something last week. I don't have a lot of time today, people. We must address the guest, Mr. Brian Friend. Uh, is, it, is it? Do you think it's wrong to call you a guest? Like you come over. It's like your friend who comes over all the time, and they're not really a guest anymore. Like if you, if, if this were my house, you could open the refrigerator without asking me. So what would, would you call me then? I would kind of expect you to. Like if you were like if you came over as much as we do shows and we're like, hey, can I have water? I'd be annoyed. I'd be like, dude, you know where the cups are and the water is. Oh my goodness. Jamie Foxx did have a 49ers incident. Holy shit. Oh my God. He got 49er. Oh my God. I'm seeing two a day now from athletes. It's crazy. I hope the, I hope the uh, CrossFit athletes are good. Okay, uh, I I'm not gonna lie to you. I find this whole ranking thing. We did, yesterday I asked you if you've ever done a team ranking before, and I think you said you didn't know. But I'm gonna answer for you. No, you have not. Well, yeah. like you know, prior to the games, probably would like these are predictions. I'm sure we did that last year for the top. You know, what are all the teams that made the games? But in the middle of the season, probably not. Yeah, this is uh this is uh, I can't tell I can't tell if this is a bold task to rank the teams or stupid because well uh, bear with me here because they um I think I even addressed that in the article basically. It's so right. well you do say this, you do say this in the article um for anyone who wants to follow along uh head over to uh befriendlyfitness.com uh, don't put in the period. It's just a letter B and then the word friendly fitness, all one word, uh, dot com. You do it. You do say, hey, this is 
basically twice you reiterate, hey, this is going to be hard without um, seeing them compete. I really need to see these guys together on the floor at least once to uh, evaluate. Yeah, this isn't anything permanent. I mean, no, as opposed to – I think to... there are two key key elements to that. Okay. You know, one is especially with uh, team competitions, I think there's a lot of limits to what you can test in an online format and a lot of elements of teamwork that can be – tested to a higher level and with a greater you know, kind of diversity in a live setting. That's why I, I want to see some of these teams compete, especially when you couple that with <clears throat> the fact, what I wrote in, in here is that, uh, you know, how do you handle new teams composed of extremely talented individuals and assess their potential when you haven't seen them in a live setting against teams who have been competing together for a long time? Are there teams that have been competing for a long time? Yeah, I mean, the fourth team on the list, for example, CrossFit Oslo Navy Blue, they've been second place at the games to Mayhem Freedom the last two years. It's the same It's the same team from last year. They did have one replacement of the male between 2021 and 2022. Uh, Nikolai joined their team, but Lena, Ingrid, and Ivan have been on that team now. This will be their third consecutive year. <clears throat> they also have, I think, six teams out of CrossFit Oslo that are competing at semifinals, so it's a very... Like there's a lot of opportunities for team training in that environment, more so than probably anywhere else in the world, maybe CrossFit Invictus. The CrossFit Invictus team is the exact same team that came back last year. But around, surrounding those teams, you have East Nashville, which is a new team, Torian Mayhem, which is a new team, and No Shortcuts, which is a new team, and CrossFit Franco's Misfit, which is a new team. So you have, even at the top, a blend of new and old teams. And <clears throat> you know, I'm doing my best to kind of assess some of what I think the potential is in some cases. In other cases, I think I, I, I kind of know because Andrea and Taylor have been doing this forever. You know, we know Tola has a lot of team experience. Uh, that, that, um, that picture of Tola, we'll go back to in a second. Who took that? Is that a Patrick Clark picture too? No, this one um, <clears throat> is just from Proven. Oh. They took that during, I believe, whoever took train, that. Either That's an incredible photo. Yeah, and Proven puts out good media. Uh, Bailey, Bailey Walker, uh, team Verdant. Uh, yes, for a dollar 99, you can purchase a few seconds of Brian's uh, brain to speak about some fucking obscure team. Thank you, Bailey. Uh, is, is this even a team, team Verdant CrossFit? Checking something here. Did she just waste a dollar 99? Nah. No, it's not raining in California. Not, well, not, not right now at my house. The sun should come out. Thank you for asking. But it did rain for like three days straight. A team Verdant. I believe I believe there are some teams from the West Coast. Yeah, they're, I would consider them to be in the hunt for kind of an outside game spot in the North America West. Brian is Brian. Is there a team that um that's like been together for like five years, the same four people? Like, does, does that I does that the, exist in the top forty? I think I'm not sure for exactly how long, but the team that I have ranked 12th, CrossFit Porti out of Finland, they have been competing together for a while. I know for at least three years now. I'm not 100% sure beyond that, but I, I spoke to them at um, Lowlands Throwdown last year. Uh, they were in the top 10 two years ago at the games. So in, I think in terms of experience working together, the same people, they're kind of towards the top. This team that has Laura Isopusa on it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a great name. Look, look at look at the guy's first name. They, they have a guy named Jusa, and then they have another a girl named Joshua. Isopusa. Joshua. 
Yeah, it's like the Finnish version of Joshua, I think. Petteri mm-hmm. is the Finnish version of Peter. Oh. Josh and Peter. You can call him Josh and Peter if you want. So that team's been thank you. That so that team's been together. Oh, look at Sam Stewart down at 14. That's an individual athlete. What's he doing? Yeah, so this is another good example. The CrossFit Walleye athlete team, Sam Stewart, former individual games athlete, Joshua Wischtrup, German national champion in 2019, competed at the games. Mia Hesketh, obviously <laughs> tons of experience, individual and team. And Antonia Falkolinski out of Swin uh Sweden. She was on the CrossFit Nordic original team. They placed in the top five of the games two years ago. They did compete last year, but they had to make the substitution based on that. Uh, the ruling from CrossFit about one of their athletes living too far away and not training with them enough or something, you know, whatever they decided there. So she's got a lot of team experience. She also won the RX division at Wadapalooza two years ago. So this is a, a team that was assembled this year that has a lot of experience individually, some team experience, and I'm not entirely sure how good they are. I mean, obviously, to put them 14th is pretty good worldwide. But Sam's, could, an, Sam's an individual male athlete, though, right? He's a games athlete. So is Vishthrup and so is Mia. Wow. From last yeah. year? <clears throat> no, no. None of them yeah. last year, but oh. at some point in their career. So these are that's certainly a team that when I, when I see them compete in Berlin, it's possible I walk away with there and I say, yeah, as good as they are as individuals, just some of the teamwork and chemistry stuff, I think it's going to hold them back this season compared to you know other teams. Or I might say, damn. Everything that was thrown in them, they looked good. They they moved in sync. They had good communication. There was no kind of butting of egos or heads or anything like that. And maybe this is a top ten team. Uh, Alyssa, I just have to say, can we get more masters thirty five to thirty nine and less teams at the games? I think oh, those you, things in are in terms of what in terms of what in terms of getting media attention. No, I think she's saying in terms of the number of athletes participating there. So she wants oh. less teams. I think that oh. what, what we're going to talk about when we get especially towards the middle to bottom of this list is that there are definitely enough teams worldwide that you could field 40 competitive teams at the games. But with the current distribution of spots, you're missing 25% of the best 40 teams in the world because they're oh, all, yeah. they're all in the, North America East. And the article addresses that, that basically, and I think we will get to that or we could even do it now. Uh, Brian mentions in this article that's on BeFriendlyFitness.com that uh, he thinks 17 or 18 of the teams, best teams uh, in the top 40, 17 or 18 of the teams in the top 40 all come from North America East and then another 10 from North America West, right? So that would give North America 27 of the 40 teams if – if we were just wanted the best people there and not a, a distribution of uh, global well, and representation. I, and I mean, and I have, in are you hating case, on that by the way, or do you agree with that? I mean, the, the, although no, it, it may seem inconsistent, it's nice having global representation, isn't it? Yeah. And I'm, I have the same contention that I have for the individuals is, you know, if you want global representation, guarantee one spot and then let you know, to everyone and then let, performance especially in the team division i think even more so than the individual side you're going to have this massive turnover year after year just new teams being created teams filtering away because it's not one person that has to make a decision to compete or not it's an entire team it might be four or six people and a coach can we all get to the same place at the same time have the best equipment and enough training to actually be relevant and competitive in in this season and, and be season healthy is long and be healthy and be healthy which we'll get to some of that today too but um you know, but it just depends on, and I, I always will, will caveat this anytime we talk about, you know, CrossFit, the CrossFit Games teams, 
execution or administration of the season is what's the purpose, you know, and, and how much work are they willing to do to try to achieve that goal? Or is it just some, like an easy way out? 10, 10 and 10, 3, 3, 2, and let's everyone go to the game. Um, switching uh, subjects again a little bit. Um, I have this bias. It's, it's probably uh, un, um, unsubstantiated. But I, I feel that when people leave individual competition, that they won't be as good when they come back. And, you know, and you have people like Annie who left on the craziest terms, right, and came back and kicked ass. You have Sam Quant. You have these clear people that have, like, proved, that don't fit in that paradigm, right, that do leave and come back and still perform at a really high level. But for some reason, I can't unstick that. And I am concerned when I see people like Sam Stewart go team, right? He's still young. And I'm very excited this year uh, – to see what happens to Sam Samuel Cornwaye. Yeah. Uh, I, I would even go as far as this. I know this is blasphemy, but I would even go as far as to say, even training with rich, rich isn't going into the red anymore. Right. And, and, and you need to be going in, you need to be training with people who are going into the red on a regular basis. Uh, if, if you want, if you want to be, go to the games, right. If you want to be an individual. It, it, I just find it yeah, fascinating. I'm very, very curious what uh, uh, Samuel Cornway is going to be like this year at the games. Very curious. Yeah, and just just to follow up on the other side of that spectrum, we've talked about the 35 to 39 Masters division in particular already this season, and that they're the number of participate participants they have, which is num- pushing towards 35,000 in the men's division alone, and the quality and caliber of athlete that they have. I think. Either way you look at it, there's absolutely no denying that a field of 20 is sustainable at the games for that division. But CrossFit still has this choice that they've made to have the same number of qualifiers in every age group division from 14 and 15 to 65 plus everyone gets 10 and it has no reflection on the participants or the quality of the field. And I'm hopeful that that will change in years coming. They already have that system in place for the adaptive divisions where they just flat out tell them if you don't have enough participants then you don't get to go to the games you don't get any representation there but in the master's division where you have some divisions that have 10 times or 20 times as many registrants as others getting the same number of qualifying spots that kind of assessment of the of the fields of play is basically missing let me ask you this would you rather have 20 masters athletes and seven events or, t- uh, or, or uh, 10 Masters athletes and, and eight events. I personally I, would rather have know. 10 Masters athletes and eight events as, as a spectator. And I'm, I'm, just, I'm just being honest with, like, well, trying what to about be fair this? to the CrossFit Games. We're, we're, it, let's say they do bring in more people. Okay, well, then they say, okay, the Masters are going to have a big cut after day one to help mitigate the, the stress of having so many more people to deal with. Or what if we reduce it, it by to, one to, event? There doesn't have to be any more So you want your cake and you want to eat it too? No, 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 no. Oh, oh. I'm saying that in the divisions that have 20,000 plus registrants, they get 20 spots to the games. Okay. In the divisions that have less than 2,000, they only get five. Okay. And the five that would be removed from the 65 plus and 60 to 65 divisions will be supplement. You know, then you're going to have an almost a net same number. Additionally, you know how they in this um, semifinals this past week they scaled more, more. They had more scaling options than they usually do. Historically in the open and even this past year, 17 to, or 16 and 17 and everyone who's 35 to 54 has the same loading, the same rep scheme, whatever. This year in the semifinals, 35 to 44 
had the same stuff, 45 to 54, same. So they broke it down more. And then there was an, a, a third scaling option. And to your point, point, maybe the 55 plus only needs seven events, but maybe the 35 to 44 can have 10. You know what I'm saying? So right, you can right, also right, taper right, it that way based right, on right. their age, that right. it's more responsible to have fewer events for the 60 plus athletes than it is. And the 35 year olds can handle, you know, 10 or 11 events. So you could have a little bit of flexibility in a lot of different ways. That's actually addressing the, the competitive pool of athletes in each division, not just with the weights or the movements or the reps, but also with the number of qualifiers and the number of, um, of events that they do at the games. You know, right now, based on the last conversation that I had with Adrian Bosman, he's handling the programming for every division, for every part of the season. He's the first touch point. That is a ton of work. A ton. I don't think Dave did that. I think Dave put it off to uh, Pat Sherwood. I think that that transition happened over time. Right. But, you know, Dave may have been doing that early on and eventually he realized, and, you know, there are other people capable. I still want to take a look at everything, but right. um, I also don't blame Adrian for doing that, especially in, in the um, as he takes control of the ship. He probably wants to see. Everything no, but I would close. look at Justin Burke. Justin Burke's been a- around forever and he probably have seen it both ways. And he might right. say, you know what? I think that we'll be able to, to manage every part of the season or every division, whether it's individual team, age groups, teenagers adaptive better. If we have a different team lead at each one kind of, you know, maybe we have some, uh, some very specific patterns that we want to see across all of them, but then take a shot at this, take a shot at this, take a shot at this. We'll bring it back together. We'll all look at it and we'll go forward. It just gives like, a, for me, it's a, it's a better opportunity to have a more clear mind working on each one than to have one person's mind, no matter how talented and experienced he might be, responsible for all of them. Right. Uh, on a little editorial note, I don't appreciate, I don't like uh, lots of different workouts. <clears throat> and, and maybe I'm wrong and naive, but I like the fewest amount of workouts, especially at the, at the open level that everyone is kind of participating together. I think one of the coolest things about the Nopen that we'll find out soon is the fact that Andrew even made it. So the men and the women were doing the same workouts. I personally like that um, uh, intellectually, maybe it's not practical, <laughs> but like uh, emotionally and intellectually, I like to see everyone kind of doing the same workouts. And I like the programmers to take up the challenge of keeping as many people together as possible. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, even there's been many times on podcasts or in conversations with friends that I've, I've been reflecting on quarterfinals and I just get confused. I can't remember which workout was for individuals and which one was for the masters. Mm. And it's like, you know, they could, even though they're on different weekends, like they could be very similar workouts. They don't have to be dramatically different. And I'm not, I'm not entirely sure why they are. Um, you know, maybe there is some kind of a thought progression that is like, no, no, in the master's divisions, we really need to assess this year, but for the individuals, maybe it's not so important. I don't know. So, you know, I, I think that, yeah. And then even at the games, you know, you'll see some pretty cool workouts sometimes in the age group divisions and you're like, damn, like, I'm pretty sure they could have done a version of that in an individual field and it would have been one fun to watch as well or vice versa. And there, of course, there always are some workouts that have, you know, that are very similar, but there's some that are not. Uh, Brian and I were talking, discussing about whether just now, uh, there should be more, uh, masters athletes in the 35 to uh, 39 range going to the CrossFit games. I tried to, uh, point out a compromise and then I also, uh, raised my voice and, uh, and, 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 and did you see what he did? Did you see what he did? He just pointed at one simple fact. He didn't, he didn't go for the emotional feel. Uh, then I attacked him. I said, you want, I, I went ad hominem. I said, Oh, you want your cake and eat it too. He didn't bite at any of those. He just said, Hey dude, look at half the registrants are the old motherfuckers. 
And, and, and then what do I have to do? I have to acquiesce at that point. This is just a common uh, decency and in, in, in conversation and thought. I, I, it, that's a fucking winner right there. Half the fucking people who are, who are getting into this, uh, this open um, are, 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 are oldies. And it's like, yeah, then, then accommodate them at the games. They want to participate. And the truth is those guys are real, 35 to 39. Um, there's, that's still an age where there's going to be outliers there who are doing stuff that are completely ridiculous and worth uh, highlighting. Is recovery really the, the thing that different differentiates a 35 and a 25 year old? If you had to just pick the, the primary thing, like you got two guys who are just amazing, but just the 25 year old is going to be ready for workout too before the uh, 35 year old. Um, yeah, in that, like in, in a vacuum, I would say yes. Okay. Yeah, really mean, just sweeping generalization. Yeah. But like, look, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the 35 to 39 men's division right now. And in spots 11 through 20, you have Stephen Fawcett, former games athlete, legend in the UK. You have Giannis Papadopoulos, this incredibly fun to watch, super strong guy. He set the deadlift record on the, the touch and go deadlift or the dead stop deadlifts a couple of years ago. You have Elijah Muhammad and Paul Tremblay. Don't need to say much about them. And Kyle Ruth, who I think was second place at the games in this division last year. And those guys are all out. Of course, there's in the Masters, there's always going to be people that come in. So there's some other guys like Nick Roberts, Diego Jimenez, Chris Clyde, Yasuhiro Uchibori from Japan that also would have been in if they got 20 athletes. I'm sorry, but I would love to see every single one of those guys competing at the games. Elijah Muhammad, Paul Tremblay, the guy who got second place last year, Giannis Papadopoulos. These guys, in the, if the right workout come out, could win a workout at the CrossFit Games against Rich Froning and Scott Panchik. And Sam Dancer. Like there's they're specialists in certain things. They have experience to draw on. That would be fun to see. You know, it doesn't always happen, but like the fact that there's a guy who's 20 in the top 20 in the world in this division that's from Japan, that's awesome. I would love to see that guy competing there against these people. You know, you've been asking for it on these shows. We want to see the like, Oriental Asian people at the games competing. Where are they? You can say, well, I don't think you can say Oriental. Yeah, you anymore. can because oh, okay. yeah, you can because okay, okay. Sorry, my bad. They, they have a distinct look that's different than the people from Western Western I, I Europe, Asia. I apologize for bringing political correctness to this show. I apologize. Whatever. And um, the point is, there's a guy there in Japan who's in the top twenty in the world in what I would say is the third most competitive division worldwide after the elite men and elite women, and he, and and with a slightly different system, he could have been there competing, and I think that we would have had a better overall experience with that division which is i mean it's going to be fun in anyway just because of the top guys but um i think there's a big miss this year oh uh what is the average age of a team athlete do you know that <sighs> i know that's a lot of people I mean, but you know why i'm curious about that is i, I wonder if it's an, an an older crowd or or, or, or what maybe even as interesting as maybe you know what oriental means by the way, so, yeah, it's a kind of carpet. We we had an no, oriental means, carpet growing up as a kid from means, the Orient, from the Orient. It means Eastern, Eastern. So Oriental Asian means Eastern Asian as opposed to Western Asian. If you go into Mexico, there's two mountain ranges, the Oriental and the Occidental. One's on the east, one's on the west. It's not an age term and it's not an offensive term. It's a descriptive geographical term. Fuck. I'm going to start using that. Thank you. I appreciate you liberated a word from my vocabulary. I appreciate it. Thank you. I am very concerned about offending people. Corey Leonard, uh, $10. Thoughts on Franco's Misfits and the other Franco's team. Uh, what does that mean, Frank? I know Misfits. What's Franco's Misfits? CrossFit Franco's is a gym in Texas. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> this team in particular is asking about the Franco's Misfits. are ranked sixth on my list currently. They consist of Brandon Luckett, 
former games athlete Logan Collins, former games athlete Alexis Johnson, former all former individual games athletes, and Shaylin Laurie, who is not a former individual games athlete, but has a lot of experience on fairly competitive teams, both in and out of the CrossFit game season. I think that they are, <clears throat> I would say, I would consider them like someone said earlier, there's only five relevant teams. I think that's a little bit short-sighted. Um, I would say they're definitely. Which would be four more than last year. <laughs> well, if you're talking about the, the winner, I suppose. Yeah. But as you know, I'm far more interested in the in the competition than just the winner. I like to know about many and more of the teams and people competing because I recognize how difficult it is to get there and how talented I mean, look, I'm telling you, anyone who's on a team that finishes in the top 10 this year, extremely impressive. It's a, it, it might not have that, that star power of a rich Froning that you're referring to, but there's plenty of talent and plenty of depth in the team division this year, and it's one of the reasons why I made this list. Uh, Luckett was the – I mean, I think I had him on the show, and he said he, he retired. I think he was taking over uh, – he was an individual athlete – and I want to say that maybe he's a doctor or he's in some sort of like medical devices and he's taking over his dad's business. But I, I guess Scott Francis is in Louisiana. And then we got Logan Collins. Logan uh, was the one that was having issues. He was trying to avoid going to Canada last year, right? <clears throat> yep. And Winner of the uh, Fibonacci finale in 2017. The only person to finish the work. Wow. And then Alexis Johnson, this is another games athlete, correct? Mm-hmm. And then I don't know who this is. Shaylin Laurie. Shaylin Laurie. She was on the team she was on last year was unable to compete at semifinals or the games or one of their teammates popped for steroids. Okay. But she's not like from the Special Olympics or anything. She's legit. <clears throat> she's legit. Okay. All right. Uh Wad Zombie. Look, we're not even gonna have to organize the show. There's just so much money coming in. We just answer questions for an hour and then be done. Or you answer questions. I collect the money. Awad Zombie, welcome to today's episode of Brian Correcting Savon's Pronunciations. <clears throat> Fair. I, 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 I probably read that too late. The timing's probably off on that. Um, Brian, you were saying that uh, we, we were talking about the, the star power on a team. Looking at these teams, big picture, is there a team on here that's as likely to win as we would say that the mayhem team was likely to win when, uh, when they competed, is there, is there a like, Hey, don't even watch this. These guys got it. Is there a Tia Toomey here? <clears throat> I don't think so. I think that, um, a lot of people f might feel that way about the proven team. Obviously I do already have them at the top of the rankings. And basically I just think that, you know, as I have thought since the, basically the rogue invitational team division, uh, when they had that tug of war that one year and they were still on OC3 Black, that Taylor and Andrea are the best women, especially when they're on a team together in, this, in the team competition of CrossFit. And when you have the top women, it's a huge advantage. Um, now, look, the women on the next five or six teams on that list are also incredible. I mean, even down to eight there, Kelly Stone and Mary Kay Dreisilk are phenomenal as individual athletes and great team athletes. But... Taylor and Andrea have always found a way to kind of distinguish and separate themselves from the rest. Tola and Tim are more than good enough to complement that. And so I do think they're the favorites, but I am by no means sleeping on CrossFit Invictus. That team has one singular goal this year. They have good, great chemistry across all four of them. I believe all four of them are improving individually and as a team. I, 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 I won't be surprised if another team 
is kind of in the in the mix. But my instinct right now is that those two teams will pull away towards the end of the weekend and be within 30 points of each other for the overall title. Um, uh, Tyler Watkins from Fantasy uh, Fitness League. No, Launcher from Launcher Leaderboarding. Um, Shailen won the Crash Crash Crucible <clears throat> this past year. She's very legit. Uh, he's referring to Shailen, who we, we were just talking about on uh, CrossFit Franco's team in the Crash Crucible is uh, um, J.R. Howell, who will be on the show tonight. Uh, it's J.R. Howell's competition. So she is legit. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, I, I, I'm pulling for Invictus. I, it, it, maybe it's because I had Jorge and Devin on the show, and I really like them. And, and obviously I've seen Devin around the CrossFit community. You haven't had since. Alchama on the show yet? No, that's a, that's a mistake. Huh? Probably a mistake that I haven't had all of them on the show. Yeah, you should get them all. Did you, who'd you say you had on? I had a Jorge and Devin. I've had Tim Paulson on and Taylor and Andrea too, and I have to say I really enjoyed all of them too. But maybe it's just um, uh, because of how recent I had Jorge and Devin on. Yeah, I mean, I think Ajama is a is a is a is a good story, fun fun personality. I think you'd really like a conversation with him. Yeah, you seem disappointed. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, DM him immediately when the show's over. Um, <laughs> how how close is this gonna be? If Invictus wins, you're not surprised. I just said I thought it would be within 30 points by the end of the competition between those two teams. And and so you wouldn't, but you, so you wouldn't be surprised at all. No. Uh, Taylor and Andrea will dominate. Yeah, I mean, look, when we say the the, the Mayhem Freedom ta- team is not coming back, well, half of it is. Uh, they were, you know, they were the women on that team the last two years. We know, obviously, how good you know R- Rich is and what he's done. But Andrea and Taylor have been on teams that have beaten Rich's teams before, not at the games, but uh, you know, they're legit. And so I, I do think that I give them the nod, but I don't think that it's a runaway by any means. Um, CrossFit Riverside 1999 for some beer. Thank you. Um, uh, Victor M93, Brian, friend. What is your reasoning behind putting new unknown teams ahead of reoccurring teams that are going for their second or third games appearance? Um, varied. It depends on the team, you know, and I, and I acknowledge this is really, really difficult to do. I would say that probably, if someone's looking at this first blush there, they might be surprised to see I, that I have a team from Oceania ahead of the team that's finished second place at the games the last two years in terms of CrossFit Oslo Navy blue. And I totally understand that. And part of the reason why I, I, I would do something like that is to say like, Hey, don't sleep on this team. I think Royce Dunn is, is a extremely underrated team athlete in particular. We know that individually he's he has had what it takes to get to the games in the past. He's had some incredible performance there individually. I think that there are you know there are aspects of leading a team in a, in a CrossFit competition that he embodies that you can't necessarily teach. Just from a like this balance between aggression and calm, experience that he has, leadership that he has, and he handles the front part of the worm as well as any male in the field, and that is critical to. Oh yeah, this guy's addressing that right there. And that is critical when you come to team competition because the worm will have a factor. I want to get to our no L's um, question at some point about CrossFit Genos also, but we can hold on that one until later. Where, uh, where do you see where do you see that? At Brian, why not putting CrossFit Genos in the top ten? Um, so we'll hold on that one. But okay, you know, 
I don't want to, I don't want to, like this guy's accusing me of being disrespectful towards Oslo Navy Blue. And I don't think that's the case at all. I am totally acknowledging CrossFit Oslo, Oslo Blue as being extremely relevant and in contention. I think that they're, you know, they're more in a contention for third, fourth than for first, second, for the reasons I just spoke about with Proven and with Invictus. But um, I think people are, are drastically underestimating that Tori and Mayhem team if they don't think that they can podium. You may not, I mean, Brandon Swan, tons of, I, I think experience just goes a long way. Brandon Swan has a ton of experience and he's, he's totally content playing kind of second fiddle in terms of men to Roy Stunt. Christy Hollard used to be Christy Bishop and Marnie Sykes. These are women that that you would know more about if if Oceania had maintained five game spots over the last, you know, instead of three over the last couple of years in a much more relevant way than you do now. Marnie was competing on a team last year and has a lot of experience. Christy's competed on teams before. So I think this team has a lot to offer and is a legitimate podium threat. <clears throat> it's possible they finish fourth, fifth, whatever, but I don't want people to think that there isn't a team from Oceania that's, uh, you know, as good as some of these other teams that they know. Oslo has a dude with gray hair on the team. Ivan. <laughs> He's such a good guy. Such a funny guy, too. That doesn't make up for his gray, uh, the gray. Uh, Houday. Look at Houday uh, hanging out. Yeah, this I would say is a, is a team that, like, I feel that they should be very good. They've done very well in the competitions already this year. Um, looking forward to seeing them in the semifinal. And look, like, the one thing that kind of sticks out to me here, which some teams can overcome this, and in some cases – Oh, can I guess what it is? Can I guess what it is? The height discrepancy. It's big. It's really big. Um, Now you're concerned about like the worm or some shit, or like cycling uh, toes to bar if they have to do that side by side or some shit like that. Yeah, the range of motion for wall balls, gymnastics like chest to bars, toes to bars, and big sets. Just syncing that up. Worm movements. If you have to hold the worm while someone else is doing something else. There's some elements of, you know, and that's why I think Andrea and Taylor have been one of the reasons that they've been really um, successful with anywhere they go is because they just have that. Uh, they're, they're, they're a little bit taller on average than, mo- than most of the women. Julian Krag <clears throat> Mashvitz is the, um, the guy that's super tall on that team. He has some team experience for sure. He's incredibly fit. Um, but when you have a guy on your team that's really, really tall and a woman that's not, sometimes it can be a little bit problematic. Uh, any particular circumstance that you can think of where you're just like, holy shit. Like, is there a standout moment? That's like a games moment where it's like, Hey, that's just not working. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head, a specific moment that, you know, from a workout or whatever, but anytime you have to put the worm overhead in particular, I think that can become a challenge. Uh, this right here, uh, CrossFit move fast, lift heavy. This doesn't have the guy on it. This is their second team. The oh, first okay. team is the is in eleventh place on these rankings. So What's the guy's teams. name? Christian Harris. Christian Harris. That's right. Where did you rank his first team? Eleventh. Ah, okay. All right. Wow, I can't believe you go all the way down to forty with this. This is intense. It may, but wow, Africa even has a team on here. Thirty-six. That's bold. Yeah, I mean they're gonna. They are definitely going to make the games, barring injury. They're the runaway favorites in Africa, for sure. And they are pretty good. I mean, they didn't choose – none of them they, – they, they made a commitment to team this year, so they didn't want to uh, even try for the individual. I think, I think that everyone or at least three of the four on their team easily makes it in the individual. Michelle Miranda is on that team. She was the representative at the games last year. Um, 
So, you know, they're going to be at the games. So I felt like I had to put them on this list just so that people are aware of them. They're representing mayhem. They've been focused on this. You know, I've, I have some friends in Africa who sometimes send me some clips of their training and whatever. So, yeah, I just I tried to put at least the top team from every part of the world on here. Um, uh, Daniel Garrity, uh, has CJ Martin ever been on the show? No, that's a huge mistake on my part. Um, uh, good morning, Barry McCockner, Halpin, always good to see you. Jedediah, always great to see you. Good morning, uh, Jamie Latimer, great to see you too. And we are here looking at the first, I'm going to say it's the first ever, maybe Brian disagrees, but it's the first ever uh, power rankings for teams. This, uh, Brian, this will be a list that's the most difficult to keep uh, accurate, correct? Uh, just, just uh, people getting injured. So many, there's just too many variables. Too many, any people leaving teams, people coming to teams, teams dissolving, all the stuff. Um, I mean, yeah, yes and no. I mean, obviously, there's you know four times as many athletes on every team and all these other things, but uh, no. I mean, when something happens, generally find out about it and just make adjustments to the either the roster or you know. Actually, yesterday I found out. So many people did that uh, two teams are not of the same composition that we thought they were going to be. And so we made some changes just last night based on the information that we'd heard. Uh, fair enough. Uh, I can't find the link. Oh, darn it. Unfortunately, hold on one second. Maybe it's over here. Uh, this what I'm about to bring up, I do feel is a. Um, a CrossFit gym owner charged with molestation. Nope, not that one. Uh, I feel like this. Um, th oh, I feel like this is a little bit uh, uh, below you to bring this up. What the fuck? There, I can't find it. There was this. There's a guy named Zach George who I had on the show, um, who's out of the UK. What do you mean you can't find it? I can't find this link. There's there's a link. Some girl posted a link. I I, I have this, but I feel like some. I have uh, Zach George was on a team, and. Uh, now he it says, uh, what a journey I've been on from the, uh, from being very overweight and self-conscious kid to being a CrossFit Games athlete to now being on Gladiator. This is some show from like the 80s. Um, this is some show. There he is. Cool dude. Uh, this is some show from the 80s in, um, in the United States. I don't think they have this in the, in the U.S. anymore. But anyway, uh, there was... Someone sent me a link to a lady on his team. I get so I guess the story is this. Do you know the story? Are you following the story? Go on. Uh, there's some lady who is on his team. He's on a team of four from the UK. And I guess three days ago, I guess the semifinals is coming up, right? And I guess a couple of days ago, Zach George is like, "Yo, um, uh, I'm not doing the semifinals. I'm doing a TV show called Gladiator." And she's they're on the team together, and she blasted him. Can anyone send me that link? What's her name? You know, do, do, well, the, the girls on the team are Nicole Crouch and Janie Garrett. Uh, let me see if I can find uh, this Nicole, this Nicole thing. Wait, uh, do you know which one made the post? No. That's that's not gonna help. Uh, oh, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think about that? Do you have it's an possible that, that? that Peter Coffee Pods and Wad sent it to you? That's what he's saying it here, and I think Will also posted it in the comments. Oh, uh, let me see. Um, is this below you to talk about this this type of uh no i mean oh, okay this, it, yeah i found out about oh yeah here it is i don't like that i don't like her publicly attacking him i don't care really what he did he well, let's see what she said uh what what we do in life echoes in eternity 
God, I hope what I did last night before I went to bed echoes in eternity. But thanks for keeping this a secret until three days ago. So she's pissed, a little passive aggressive, right? Uh, even bigger, thanks for ruining our 2023 season of uh, playing the victim, giving away her power. I guess I'll just sit back and watch Gladiators instead then. It's like, uh, and, and, then Hill, and then Hiller calls Zach George a wanker. I'm not sure what that means, but I think it's uh, English for penis, penis head. Um, do you have any thoughts on this? I mean, the guy has an opportunity. I guess I just don't think was this team even going to make it to the games? I think so. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. had uh, it was a pretty pretty strong team. Um, you know, the UK has a very strong community there when it comes to CrossFit. Uh, obviously, they've you know the, when you general, say strong, you mean close, tight knit. Yeah, they okay. support their athletes. Like, even if they're not the best in the world, they support them to the extreme. Like they get behind them for sure. They have a very, very supportive community. I think, you know, Zach has been a beneficiary of that for sure. Some of the accomplishments he's had both on and off the competition floor. Um, I mean, you're not wrong. It's a great opportunity. The, yesterday when I heard about this, I, I had originally heard that he had made this decision, but they'd continued to compete because they had an alternate, which is why the alternates are in place in case something happens. However, when I went and looked on the game site in their open roster, they have an alternate listed for male, not for female, but on their competition team roster, they do not. And, and then this is where it's just hearsay. Why is that? Why didn't they listed that, that guy in, as a, on their competition team roster? Because then they, their team could have continued to compete. And even though it would have been a similar situation to CrossFit Nordic last year, where their alternate is not as good as their, their main player, they still can show up and compete. And that CrossFit Nordic team, I think with the backup last year, still did great and maybe exceeded expectations with, with him filling in so late. But that wasn't the case. I'm not sure why it wasn't listed as an alternate. And um, it's, a, and it's just, I mean, yeah, it's certainly a bummer for the rest of them because they were in this together, the four of them, and then one person backed up. Oh, what do you think? I mean, she doesn't feel good that she wrote this, right? Like she posted this and now she's like, oh, this is, she posted this. Uh, I mean, when people make these, you know, do this all the 19 time. 19 hours ago. Why does she needs to pull this down, right? This, this isn't. Um... I, I, I mean, I totally understand how she's feeling. You know, he's citing, he's saying, you know, this is an opportunity I may only get one time. I have to think about my family when I make decisions like this. Obviously, there's going to be a financial you know, compensation for being uh, on this show. Um, I'm sure it wasn't, wasn't an easy decision for him. Some people will call it a selfish decision. Um, it's, it's a tough spot to be in. I think that it's really unfortunate that, that they didn't choose to have that alternate listed on their competition roster because it does dampen the blow a little bit. Um, yeah, but it's, I mean, what do you, you know, now those other three people on the team are, they are left high and dry this season. And uh, I can certainly understand feeling bitter or resentful because of that. I hear you. My thing is get over it and get good enough to be an individual and shut the fuck up. Uh, I, 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 I don't, um, I don't think this makes her look any better. I don't think this will bring her any peace of mind. Uh, I appreciate your balanced, uh, objective look to it. Um, but, uh, t t taking a guy out and, uh, publicly flogging him, is like, I, I just call him up yourself or, or, or um, 
I don't know. Unless that's her job. I don't know. I don't know the nature of her account. Like, like if, she, if, you know, if that's her gonna... job, if she publicly flogs people anyway, like that's her, her shtick. I get it. But like I, here, here, what's it say about you also as a team player to do that? You know what I mean? Take the fucking high road. I, I just, I, I, it was, she could have just said, she could have just said, uh, Hey, this sucks. Zach is, is going to TV and let other people make the assessment. Right. Um, yeah. But the things that she said, other people are going to say anyway. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a really like every person probably feels this like uh, before I write something like that or before I post something like that, let me sleep on it and come back the next day. But there's always, you know, I've certainly done it myself. I've posted something and then even a few hours later, I've been like, fuck, like even though I'm I, I feel that way or that might be true or whatever. Did I really need to put that out there publicly? Uh, some, uh, something happened last year, too. Do you know what happened last year to her? Uh to her or um, someone else will chime in. What do you think about this? I, I, I agree with this too. Um, Oh, her teammate tested positive last year. This guy Harris has a good point. Uh, maybe he's juiced up and he doesn't want to fail the drug test. And so he's uh, before you take the four year ban, I don't blame him for that either. I, I if I'm juiced up to the gills, I'm not taking no fucking drug test. I'm like, I finding, think I know I'm finding team, a way out. I do think I know which team she was on last year that uh, kind of the leader of that team too. And the leader of that training program, failed the drug test last year so that's two years in a row i mean and this has happened to a couple other people i think it actually may have happened to shale and Lori, where she's been a kind of a i know you hate the word but a victim of circumstances that were out of her control back to back years and it's that's really tough but you know it, this is unusual but it is kind of the the risk that you take when you go team there's a lot more opportunity there's four times as many likelihood that someone gets injured sick or unable to compete for whatever reason so uh, maybe she's done being mad and she'll ask you guys how to be perfect like you. You don't have to be perfect. You just don't have to uh, show people your flaws all the time. Hide some of them. Just hide some of them. No one, no one's perfect. But I appreciate you uh, recognizing that in us. That's, uh, that means I'm doing my job. I'm tricking you guys. Uh, okay. So uh, would they a top 10 team, uh, would they have been a top 10 finisher at the games? Uh, I don't think so. Because Zach can't qualify. This guy can't qualify as an individual to the games, right? He's tried. He can't do it. He's been, yeah. So, so it, it's not, he, he's a superstar in his own right. He has a lot of Instagram followers, but she, but I mean, they're, they're not a, a their team would have been, they're not a world class team. No. Top eight in Europe, top 20 at the games, the best case scenario. Uh, and, and if they just took the best teams to go to the games, that team wouldn't even go mm. if they didn't do it by region, right? They, they don't make the top, uh, 40 best teams alive fringe, right now. Fringe, fring. Okay. Anyway, uh, like you, Zach, and in 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 uh, in uh, response to, I also, uh, Janie, I'm sorry. That sucks too for you. I'm sure you. I'm sure you're pretty fired up. Um. But in the end, uh, like uh, Philip said, if you want to be perfect like me, just know that um, throwing a temper tantrum online isn't always the uh, the best way. You won't feel you you'll, you'll attract people like Andrew Hiller and. Uh, Think Killer makes a video on this? I don't know. Do you want to say congratulations to Zach for getting on TV for a show from the '80s? I mean, absent of uh, of anything else, that's a pretty cool experience. Look to see uh, CK Kevin. Uh, she said she'd watch him on Gladiators. Fair enough. <laughs> um, and then someone else said Zach handled it poorly. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, I didn't mean to even fall into this mud. The story doesn't really interest me so much, but I think it is probably one of the most exciting things um, happening with team 
Uh, Brian, Brian, how many, um, how many events does, uh, how many events will they do? How many events will the teams do at semifinals and how many will they do at the games? And is it uh, commensurate to individual? Uh, the semifinals, I mean, they have three days of competition. I would expect a minimum of two per day. I'm always hopeful for seven to, or to eight instead of six to seven, but I would bet on six or seven uh, scored events. And at the games, they won't do as many as individuals. It's usually more in the 10 to 12 range than the 12 to 15. Okay. Sometimes uh, so, so they have sometimes there are weird things at the games though. Like in 2016, I think it was, they like every person on the six person team had an individual event and they all counted as an event. So those like six events. So it looked like they had a ton of scored events, but it was really just so sometimes there's some nuances like that. But basically it's gonna be ten to twelve. Uh, Will Brandstetter, uh this is the best story in teams since its existence, and it's a two of ten. Uh, I, I appreciate the comment, but uh, when uh, um, uh, Miranda uh, Alcaraz got hurt and they still wanted to put her on the floor, that was a pretty big story. 2015. Yeah, because uh, J- Jason's team would have beat Rich's team that year, right? Yeah. If Miranda wouldn't have got yeah, injured. They I, think, I think they would have run, run away with it. They were really good. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think about this? Uh, this is a great question. Uh, a little off subject, but I love the question. CrossFit should do an actual affiliate cup separate from the games. You talked about there being, I mean, that's, there's, you know, 10,000 or 8,000 affiliates. Yeah, I think that there's, I think there are, is a lot of cool opportunity there. Um, was on talking elite fitness the other day, and we were talking about the cap program as being, you know, somewhat new and also something that's now available to affiliates as part of their, their membership, they don't have to pay for it separately as part of your affiliate fee. Every year you have access to the cap programming if you want. And even if you don't want to use it in your gym for the programming, there are certain, like there's a lot of thought that's put into that. Hobart and his team explains warm up, explains the progression of a workout, scaling options, the intent behind it and how to communicate that. And you could study that and become a better coach, even if you never use it in your gym. I also have always thought that there could be this thing where, you know, there's some kind of competition where as an affiliate, you automatically get one entry into the opening stage of the team division. So instead of having, because Tyler Watkins has done studies on this, how many affiliates exist in every state or country and how many of them have a team that's represented in the open. And it's a really low percentage, but if it was like, no, as whatever CrossFit affiliate you are, you get one entry for your affiliate team in to the the open. That's part of your your $3,000 or whatever they pay annually. Then probably everyone's going to do it you know, and have one team that signs up and you could, from there, there's tons of different things that you could talk about in terms of having an affiliate specific competition, but I don't know. It seems like it it could be a fun idea to get some more, to get affiliates, just like having more, uh, you know, they can choose the best people from their gym, have a team, even if they're not competitive, it's a fun thing that your community can rally around. There's this talk always, right. That the, the, that there's kind of this Venn diagram, right. This, um, you have the community, and the affiliates, and then you have the CrossFit Games, and then maybe you have a, a I don't know, some training or whatever. But there needs to be certain continuity between all of the uh, departments or corners or um, pillars of of what is CrossFit HQ, what is the CrossFit movement, and uh, the affiliate cup seems like a slam dunk to glorify a way to glorify the affiliates. Um, yes. But then there'll be people just complaining that more like us complaining that well more affiliates didn't get in for the competition blah 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 blah. You could also just do it on supply and demand. Just run it the capitalistic way, right? 
Well, there's a gray area. You know, it's like, you know, and we just saw this last year, like what qualifies someone as a member of an affiliate? And that's like, that's always been the, the problem. <clears throat> now, I think I wonder that- if you get less douchebags trying to skirt that line, that blur that line, if you have both affiliate cup and uh, this, whatever. Right. And so let me, this I'll, I'll just throw this idea out okay. there again. I've mentioned it to you and in a few other platforms at different occasions that there could be an option at the start of the season to register for the open as a professional or an amateur. And you could do it in the team division too. And therefore, no matter if there's someone who is a fringe, it's not really clear if they're a part of my uh, team or not, Those that only applies to the professional division. And there's standards and rules, whatever they are, year to year, that cross. Hopefully that becomes more consistent year to year. And you know everyone knows what it is and it's predictable. But that every team, every affiliate gets an entry into the amateur division. And it's really unlikely that you're going to enter a team into the amateur division that has someone who's like, I don't know if they're really a member of my affiliate or not. They're a pro in the sport and whatever else. Like those people are going to sign up as a pro, whether it's individually or as a part of a team. Me likey likey. I mean, it's, uh, it's an idea. It would obviously would have to be, uh, have a conversation with people who maybe know more about the administration of the game season than me, but I think it's at least a starting point for a conversation because this concept of having a true affiliate cup comes up all the time. Anytime we talk about the team division, there are a number of people that are like, what if we could get back to the true affiliate cup? But, but doing it's not necessarily as black and white as you might think doesn't mean there's not a way forward. And I think that that's a good starting point for a conversation. Uh, Philip Kelly, you should get that chick on the show to, lis- uh, show to listen to her fry, Zach George. I'd rather have Zach George on and him come on and tell you that the only reason why he took the Gladiator show is because he needs money to pay for his mom's cancer meds. And then the rest of you motherfuckers just shut the fuck up after you hear that story. How about that? Because that's the truth. For those of you who don't know, that's why Zach George went to the Gladiators. I wasn't supposed to reveal that. He's desperate for the money, and he's whoring out that beautiful body of his on a fucking shitty TV show called Gladiators so he can raise some fucking coin to pay for his fucking mom's medical meds. I don't know. I used to play Gladiator in the basement with my brother and our friends. You know, That's totally different. That's not the same Gladiator. Totally different Gladiator. It's, It's not. (laughs) <laughs> were you guys wearing uh, leather chaps probably just shorts and no shirt and whacking each other with pool noodles but we were inspired <laughs> by the tv show uh the, the story doesn't really to be honest with you i like that i'm happy i think we actually did it in the pool we would stand up on like mats that you know uh-huh. when we would lay on to sunbathe with the pool yeah. noodle and try to whack the other person off we <laughs> clip that <laughs> clip that's another one uh I'm 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 happy for that girl. She's very passionate, obviously, about the teams. I'm very happy for her that she's experiencing passion and a reason for life, and even if it's expressed in anger. And I'm very happy for Zach George. I'm happy for both of them that they're both uh, getting to feel the the taste and passion that uh, some people just don't have in their life. Uh, Elizabeth, are you making that up, uh, Sevi? Yeah, 100%. I made it up. <clears throat> the thing about Zach George going there for the money for his mom. Yeah, I'm, my point is is that no one knows. So like I don't give a fuck. I the whole time I look at Zach George, I just think, wow, what I wonder if my skin is softer than his. That's all I'm thinking. I wonder what it's like to feel his traps. Like I don't actually give a fuck about any of the other stuff. But just an excuse to put a beautiful man on the screen. I don't care about teams either. That's why Brian's on here. Just an excuse to have a beautiful hairy man on the screen with alongside me. Okay. Um what 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 are we missing here? Uh what what can you help me? Um with some uh, pertinent questions. Let me see what I have. Uh, how many go to the games? Oh, okay. I have a good question for you that I know you're going to like. Here we go. Um, Brian, um, 
the the allocation of teams from the regions are you happy with how it's done i know that the uh, there's there's two things that there's that strength of field number that allows us that allows crossfit to figure out how many people go as individuals does that play a role here with teams how how do they figure out how many teams go from each region and are you happy with the distribution um well first of all i you know i have had a uh, sentiment when I, some, from when I first found out about the strength of field and worldwide rankings that it should start anew and it should be communicated how the process will work and that athletes can sign up for and participate in the season in accordance with their understanding of the significance of what their performances can mean. Because we didn't know that the last couple of years and we're using that now to determine how the spots get distributed. I thought, and, and by the way, tomorrow night, Mike Alpin and I will be on here and we're going to go through our solution to doing exactly that. And I think it's fairly compelling. And does it cross over to team competition or is it strictly for individual? No, I actually thought that if you didn't want to do that, you could have used the team competition as a test pool for how that might look because, Mm -hmm. and even if you didn't execute it in the season, you could be applying it in the background because the team competition, as we said earlier, more so than the individual has turnover year to year. And it would be even more ridiculous to base this year's distribution of game spots for the teams based on what happened last year or the year before. And it would be very cumbersome and difficult to apply their models in this, in, 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 you know, from last year into this season. So, um, but because the team landscape changes so much year to year, I think that absolutely there's an opportunity for this. And I think that kind of the, the solution that we're going to show you tomorrow for the individuals could easily be applied to the team uh, side of things. You could still maintain a minimum of one per country continent if you want to, or there's a couple other ways that you could go about it as we'll, we'll show you tomorrow night. Uh, because yeah, I mean, I have 18 teams from North America East in my top 40, but in quarterfinals, I think 17 of those teams were in the top 30 worldwide. So there's a huge, you know, density of very, very high level teams in one competitive region. And it's dramatically more than the other two regions, uh, Europe and North America West, that are getting the same number of spots represented at the games, meaning that probably the last four teams from North America West and the last three teams from Europe are not not nearly as good as the first seven or eight teams that will miss in North America East. And, and it, does that bother you? Do you have a great? Do you think you have a, a more acceptance? I know you're pretty. You really want the best people coming to the CrossFit games and individual and you making a small exception to get at least one person from each region, just based on region, but the rest you think should be the best. Is that a fair characterization of your beliefs? Yeah. Do do you have the same uh, thoughts like that with team, the the same uh, rigorous line demarcation line or with teams? Are you willing to maybe let in uh, a little bit more to get a a broader uh, global representation based on geography rather than uh, quality of team? Just look at you know the people in the comments. We don't want so many teams at the games. Why don't you want so many teams at the games? Because the bottom 15 teams at the games are not mm. good enough to be there, mm. basically. But there are teams around the world that are potentially good enough to be there and be competitive and have an impact on the overall title race. You know, In the same way that I think about the 11 through 20 spots of the 35 to 39 men, there are men in that region of the leaderboard that would have impact the overall results on the podium, even if they're not themselves placing there, they're good enough to have an impact on individual events 
that would alter the scoring that would create a little bit of buffer so that if a Rich or a Scott or a Sam Dancer or Brian Wong struggles on something, that they're punished a little bit more heavily for it because the field is a little bit deeper. And in the team division, that is certainly the case as well. Where Right now, there's a dozen teams at the games that you'll be lucky if for even a single event they place inside the top 20. So they're having absolutely no impact on those competitive teams at the top. And at the expense of that, you have teams that are not at the games that could have specific events where they factor in. Fair. Very well said. Uh, Corey Leonard, your skin is not uh, softer than Zach George. Uh, I suspect you're right, but there's no proof of that. Um, I take offense to uh, Pool Boy. Uh, I take offense to Brian's improper use of uh, of the pool. Uh, pool. Pool noodle? Pool? You know, I think what he meant to say, I take offense to Brian's improper use of the word oriental is what he meant, but he couldn't spell oriental. I, uh, oh, here it is. Pool noodle. Uh, pool. One of the best things about pools and pool boy is that they're you know extremely diverse there's you can get a lot of different uses out of them uh, you know uh did you know a giraffe, i'm looking at this at this stat right here a giraffe a giraffe skin is only 20 millimeters in thickness whereas a manatee have you ever seen a manatee certainly you know pictures of it I'm, i think i've even seen them in real life yeah yeah i saw one in real life once in florida did you see it in florida i mean i lived in florida for a year it's just like a swimming boulder. Just like when you see one in the water, you're like, oh, look, a rock with fins. Anyway, its skin is 50 millimeters thick, uh, almost three times the thickness of a giraffe. I wonder if a giraffe is soft when you pet it or if that if its fur is coarse. Anyway, a long-haired giraffe. You know what would be the greatest uh, – this is a little off subject. You know what would be the greatest – uh, invention in the history of man you know it would sell faster than anything if someone could come up with a miniature giraffe like a giraffe that only got like three feet tall or four feet tall do you know how like every rich person in america would have one don't you think like if you could have a, a wow. you know like they have a miniature pony what if you had a minute like wouldn't you want that a miniature giraffe you believe it or not in my preparation for this show i didn't think about that oh all right fine <laughs> Um, uh, Jedediah, uh, Snelson, uh, guest on the show, as opposed to Brian, who is closer to a co-host and Jedediah Snelson is definitely closer to a guest. Uh, they need to spend more time creating storylines for teams. So they're more compelling. You could do some reality TV show style coverage on YouTube, highlighting several teams at all levels. Hey, who are there any, um, media outlets that do good? I mean, now that, um, mayhem's not. I mean, that's what that was. Uh, Mayhem not only had Rich Froning, but they had the best media of any person or team, period. Right. I mean, the coverage of the Mayhem team was was the best coverage of any CrossFit uh, competitors anywhere, regardless. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think there. Yeah, I do think that there are certain, I guess, training camps that will that will definitely have media out there about their their teams. I don't know about, uh, you know, a more bipartisan or neutral site that's putting out um, really high quality media that's evaluating several different competitive teams from around the world against each other. But Invictus will have three teams at semifinals and all three teams will have a chance to make the games. They're all three on my top 40 list here. Like I mentioned earlier, CrossFit Oslo, I think, has six teams going to the European semifinal. Certainly they'll be putting out content, not just surrounding their top teams, but also the depth of the number of teams they have there. And even teams like Training Think Tank, they have a very good team. I have them ranked in the top 20. I might have them ranked a little low, actually. They usually outperform kind of what you expect them to do. Um, 
and I'm sure that they'll put out some media about their team. So, you know, if you're paying attention, you'll see some stuff for sure. But again, is it on the channel that's just exclusively about that team that's really only appealing to their audience, their community that's supporting them? Or is it uh, something that's a little bit more, like I said, objective or coming from a, you know, a media outlet like a spin or talking with fitness or morning chalk up or whatever that's showing the, the landscape of the team division in a more broad sense. Uh, if, if I were to, um, if I, if I were over at proven and I was doing their media and I was going to focus on the team, I would focus on uh, the coach. If Shane or Tia is coaching that team, I would make the coach like 50% of it. I think I, I, think I would Nick pivot Johnston over to this, probably taking the lead there as Shane and Tia work more closely with probably Saxon and Brooke. Yeah, I think Shane can bring a lot of star power uh, that's untapped. But you, we have to really get into his head. Same with uh, Max El Hajj. I think that the the unexp- their unexploited media uh, potential they could bring a shitload uh, to wh- wherever. But the but the media team is gonna have to work closely with them. Uh, Mike uh, Poolboy, uh, Jorge Fernandez is so handsome. Uh, uh, f- uh, I apologize for this, Mike, but uh, yesterday I was suggesting that you and Victoria Campos make a child. Uh, dude, if if Jorge and Victoria made a child, holy shit. Um, Brian, who is the uh, who's the best athlete? Um, a male athlete in teams uh, in this year. Who's who's the guy? Like if you were if we were like, okay, we're taking all these people and we're doing an individual competition. Who's the man? Um, you probably have to say Tim Paulson. I mean, he's had the yeah. best success at the individuals uh, side of things recently and consistently. But Royce Dunn's in the conversation. Andre Houdet's in the conversation. We don't. I mean, peripherally, maybe Jorge. Um, just looking to see if there's anyone else for the dining. Probably those guys. I would probably th- those would probably be the top three or four guys. And and what about women? Who who is who is the 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 fittest female? If we had to be like, okay, teams are over. We're gonna get to t- give one or two of you over to individual. Probably Andrea Nissler. Just trying to see. I think in an individual competition, you know, Alexis Johnson do well. Kelly Stone do well. Kelsey Keel do well. Caroline Spencer, two time games athlete, the last two years. Um, Chloe Gavin David, there's some, you know, there's some good ones for sure. Mia Hesketh, but I still probably would lead, lean towards Andrea. Who will coach the mayhem team when they're out? Um, when they're, who, who will be their guy? Who will they, what, can Rich do both? How will that be set up at uh semi How will that be set up at the games? Can you do, the games. do, do the masters uh, just go in their own? If, Let's say, if, well, okay. I made the assumption Rich, that Rich is if going Rich to the competes, games. Yeah, he'll be he will be he would be done competing the same day that the team competition starts, I believe, or maybe the day before. So there'd be very little to no overlap. So in theory, he could do both. And you think we would see him out there, um, uh, riding uh, Angelo's jock, beating on with the crack in the whip on Angelo? I mean, Rich and Angelo have a really cool relationship, and I think that you know Angelo respects Rich tremendously, and Rich trusts Angelo a lot, and so I think that. Yeah, if Rich was in, it was their coach at the games, that that would be uh, understandable. Historically, Facundo has had the rich the wristband for the the top cross at Mayhem team, so he might do that again, even though it's not the same team. Um, I'm not entirely sure. He may he may choose Facundo may choose to have the coach's band for one of the individual athletes. Um, they have they have some options. Uh, Mike Halpin, I I believe this is inaccurate. I hate to. Uh butt heads with the numbers guy uh, rich has said on his podcast he is not doing masters i believe he said it is 99.7 percent 
uh, that he's not doing the masters if I, uh, if, if I, I'm correct. And, um, yeah, who, what do you think? You think he's, oh, and, and, um, the reason why let's put that in there is because a few days after the games, there is a mountain bike race. I think it's called the Leadville 100 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And rich believe, uh, believes for some crazy reason, that's a good idea to do that. And he, and in addition to that, that maybe he won't be in his, you know, he won't be as prepared for that as he would want to be if he did the games, but you know, there's stories going way back of, uh, you know, Rich competing and winning the CrossFit Games and then everyone else taking these days off. And the next day, what does Rich do? He goes out and trains. Like, this is a guy that just trains every day of his life, no matter what. Um, uh, Richie Rich, I'm not sure why, but I just don't like Houday. Kind of just hate his face. Wow, I really like Houday's face. I like him. He's a gentle soul, isn't he? Yeah, Andre Houday, uh, I got nothing bad to say about him. So Yeah, he's Sorry, cool. Rich. He. Yeah, sorry. Can't, yeah, I can't even get on that even t a tiny bit. Love the dude. Always been accommodating to the show. That's all I give a fuck about. Helping. I think J.R. Howell of CrossFit Crash Gray is the uh, top uh, individual athlete. Is J.R. really going to team? No. no. That's just bullshit. Rumors? Yeah. Uh, Justin H. Uh, Rich, Rich said he was just going to support athletes. Is Really, J.R.'s coaching a team? Yeah, his team's on this. Uh, he has two teams going, but this his team is uh, one of his top team is number thirty eight on this list. No shit. Oh, how much home cooking is there? CrossFit, a uh, Crash Black. Wow, oh, they're legit. I don't recognize any of the names. That's okay. What? Uh, so you, so you think Jr. will actually be in if this team makes it? He won't be available. Do you recognize for any of the names on any of the teams on that part of the leaderboard? Let me see. Um. Well, let me ask you this real quick, and then I'll do that. Um, do you think that he's not going to be available for the show during the games for commentary because he's going to be at the games coaching a team? Yeah, certainly there will be times that he's not. I don't know how often and how for how long you're trying to go live, but I think he all the be time, available. every time, all the time, whenever I want. Right, whenever you want. But you know, maybe Greg comes in town and it's not. not it doesn't happen at all. Right. Good point. Oh wow, you know me well. Coffee pods and wads. Rich is joining American Gladiators. You heard it here first. I um, do not recognize a single name. Uh, is that uh, number 33, CrossFit? Uh, is that uh, Anna Anna Tobias right there? She just <laughs> typo? No. Um, do you recognize any of these people? Yeah. You do? Yeah. Most, I mean, pretty much all of them. At least I would say at least three out of four. On oh, I know this girl, Lauren Stallwood. Is that that? That's the mm -hmm. super hot chick from Invictus. I definitely know her. In, I, uh, she lived in the UAE for a long time. Hey, who's the other girl she's always hanging with? Who's the Asian girl? Is this Kelsey Schultz? No, uh, I oh. think you're thinking of Emily Lugman. And okay, she's on their second team, which is 18th on this list, along with Jesse Smith. My Instagram search uh, is, is like always has one of them in it. Yeah. Always. The, the, the algorithm has cracked the code. It's crazy. Don't don't act like it's not in your search either, Brian. Don't don't fucking get all fucking puffy chested on me. All high and mighty. Uh, anything anything in here that um, you think needs to be highlighted? Anything? Oh, look at this guy. This Dex Hopkins guy. This is a morning chalk up uh, guy. Number 22. Cross it. Move fast. Lift heavy. Yeah, we already talked about him at one point. 
Okay. Now, I, I did want to talk about the 21st team on the list, and okay. someone in the comments had asked about them, CrossFit Genus. Yep. Um, they were third place at the Games two years ago with a different, slightly different roster than this. Last year, I think three out of the four athletes from the 2021 team had different things going on that prevented them from competing. This team could be a lot better than 21st. They could pretend, I don't, I don't even think it's out of the realm of possibility for them to potentially be fifth or eighth or something like that. But at I, the games, at, at the, the games. games, but I want to see them compete in person because it's a little bit different makeup uh, than they've had in the past. Um, I'm basically looking for them to, if they podium in the, in the European uh, semifinal, I will jump them up at least 10 and possibly as many as, uh, you know, 12 to 14 spots on this list into inside the top 10. I just Googled one of the guy's names. He didn't even pop up. What, uh, what about them? What have you seen from these guys that makes you think uh, that they're the shit? I, I mean, I know, I know each of them individually and they're good. Like they're really good. Uh, I just want to see them as a team, how they move with the worm, how they do things in sync, how they respond in a, you know, fast-paced workout where something goes a little bit wrong, small things like that, that I'll be looking forward to see just how good they can be against the best teams in the world. Uh, uh, any of them former uh, individual athletes? I believe Carol Castellani, I think in 2019. Let's check. Well, Brandstetter, Rich leaves us for a 33rd. bike race, and you guys are mad at Zach for going on a TV show. Oh, very strong point. Yeah, 33rd in the 2019 games, Carol Castellan. Okay. Uh, from uh, which country? France. Okay. It's a French, this is a French team. Uh, Brian shut that, that down quick. I can't remember what that was, but uh, yes, that seems to be – that happens now and again on the show. Uh. Oh my goodness! Uh, oh, what, what, when does the drug testing go down for the teams? Is it is it is it kind of guaranteed that we're going to see one of these teams pop? There's just so many fucking athletes. Yeah, no, I mean, it, last year there were a few. Yeah, they get drug tested after the semifinals, the top five. I think they'll probably drug test six, seven, eight, or something like that, just in case the backfill, so that they have, um, you know in case they have to do that for whatever reason that they have those samples as well. And then occasionally they'll just do, you know, quote unquote, random testing from somewhere else on the leaderboard. Um, so yeah, certainly if you're competing on a team and you're going to semifinals, the possibility of getting tested is exists. Uh, the, the, so these teams uh, to go back one more time, these teams will all be showing up to their regions. Mm-hmm. And from there, they qualify. And I know we talked about this in the beginning, but is it, um, I don't know if the word's commensurate, but is it the same amount of teams go from each region as individuals? Close, but there's no variable based on the strength of field and the, the haunt distribution method. So 10, 10, and 10, North America, East, West, and Europe. That gets you 30 of the 38 teams at the games. Three from Oceania, Oceania, two from South America, two from Asia, one from Africa. That gets you, should get you to 38. Uh, 35, eight, that does. And uh, when they, and, and, how, and how many will go to each uh, semifinal? F- uh, the ones that get 10, I believe there are 40 teams going, and the other ones, I think there are 20 teams going. 
Okay. Wow. So and do and so even Africa does Africa have twenty teams? Let's see how many are signed up for their semifinal right now. So it's twenty, 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 and then forty, 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 forty. Hey, so that's um, j- j- so if you have forty teams and there's four people on each team, that's one hundred and sixty. And if each of them uh, brings uh, a, a mom and a dad to watch them, um, that's times two. That's three hundred and twenty. That's a lot. That's that's bringing those people are actually going to bring people to the regionals, the semifinals. Look, South Africa has it. a South Africa has a uh, very um, active competition scene. They have 19 of 19 teams are signed up for their semifinal team semifinal right now, which is crazy, right? Yeah. But there was, I think in the fittest in Cape town a couple years ago, while, you know, people like Cole Sager and Sean Sweeney and Katrin David's daughter went and competed there. There were, I think in the team division at the same competition, there were like 88 teams competing. So they have, you know, they might not be as competitive as some other parts of the world, but they're certainly show up in numbers like, like other parts of the world do when it comes to, especially to team competitions. Uh, how solidified are these people, the names that we're seeing on this team? Like, is it too late to swap people out going no. back to the, and there are most of these teams won't swap the pe- anyone out. Like the teams, the names you see here are the intended members of their team. Obviously, if there's an injury between semis and the games, it's great to have an alternate just in case. And in some cases, I think probably the most prolific example of this is like the Kalashnikov team, the Russian team that's now living in in Abu Dhabi and com- or somewhere in the UAE and competing still in Asia, but but living and competing training somewhere else. I think that they have a roster of six, and they very much view it as as a like this is a team of six and when it comes game time, we'll make the decision then. So they're all training. They might think that they know who the top four are, but the others are are like in the mix and can still earn a spot on that final roster. I think that's how they kind of operate, which is a little bit different and kind of cool. Hey, um, so you can go to the semifinals, qualify for the games and then still swap someone out if they're in that mm-hmm. in six. I, I like this. You don't even have to have a reason. It doesn't have to be injury. Correct. Wow, crazy. So, wow. God, I wonder. I would be curious to hear what Andrew would say about that. Get a team, get it to qualify, keep someone juiced up, but they don't get have to get tested at semifinals and, uh, and then rotate them in for the games. Maybe that's too fucking com- complex. Okay, so, so, so you're telling me um, those four people on that Kalishnikov team – they go to semifinals, they qualify, and then for no reason they can just switch out a dude or a girl. Yeah, and it may, I mean, I think as those long are as they're their, on the list of the six, correct. I think that's their intended A team. The ones that that we included on this list is who we believe to be the intended A team for every team. Yeah, but in that team in particular, I feel that they have a little different approach to it than many of the others. Where the alternates on the other teams, like they know for sure that they're. They're there, they're on the team, there's a chance, but unless something happens, they're not going to be on the competitive roster. Whereas I think on that team that there's more of an understanding that show us every day in training, show us when we're doing this thing and that thing, and you that guys that are on the A team, we're evaluating you at the semifinals, and if you don't perform up to par, your spot could be in jeopardy. And I, I, like I said, I kind of like that mentality. Like it's, I like it too. And, and, the, and from what I know about them, there's not, there's not the, it doesn't seem like the athletes are insulted when they're not selected but they're still supportive of the people that their coaches have chosen to send out there. And I mean, that's how it should be in a team sport in in general. Like it's tough. Everyone wants to be in the starting lineup, of course, but if you're not, 
Are you going to sulk on the bench? Or are you going to cheer for the teams that was selected to go out there at the critical moment? Uh, and by no means, I apologize for uh, having the CrossFit Fly High team, uh, Kalishnikov team up there when I was talking about roids. By no means do I mean them. I'm, I, I meant anyone. Let me put someone else up here. I meant uh, anyone. Uh, Cornholio, uh, when the kids' soccer teams have 15 kids on each of them, that means there are 60 spectators. Yeah. And we're definitely – this is still the sport. These people competing here are still the people who bring their um, – uh, mom and dad uh, draw your dagger Brian would it be cooler if you had a roster of three guys and three girls and you got to pick which uh, man or which female pairing did each work out individually that would make it more of a team event yeah so I mean this is like um, strength and depth in, in the UK they have like teams of 12 that compete in their event I think it's every December and I'm not entirely sure of the, the format of that but I've thought about doing this at competitions at, at the gym that I used to coach at before where you have you know, a, a, a bigger team that will compete in most of the events and you select athletes to compete in a minimum number of events each over the course of the competition. It would, I mean, certainly it could be a, a format that would incite a lot of different conversation. You know, then you'd, instead of having, like everyone would have to have six. Maybe you have to play everyone a minimum of three times at semifinals over eight events. Now there's a lot more strategy. There's an opportunity. I know people don't love it, but there's an opportunity for, some specialists to come out, which as a result of that, you end up seeing maybe greater individual performances, greater weights being lifted in specific things. You know, that people love that and it might draw some more eyes and so you attention. Like it. So you like it. I think there's potential. I mean, I think there's potential there. And I think that conversations like that should be being had. You know, if I was across the games team and I was reflecting on the season, I would say, Hey, what, what did we like about this year? What do we not like? Does anyone have any ideas to maybe increase the excitement, whether it's this affiliate idea that we talked about, or it's this team of six with having some selective athletes, you might say, and at some, and two of the eight workouts, all six have to do it, you know, whether it's a relay format or a three and three or all six doing whatever at the same time. So you, there's a lot of variability there. And I think it's a fun conversation. Um, and I don't see really the harm in having a conversation like that. Hey, uh, Halpin has a good point here. It could also mean that if someone gets injured at the games, the team could continue. You know what? You could just do that in general. You could just allow the teams to have two backups there. But then you'd have to prove – the problem, I guess, is then you have to prove that someone is actually injured and you're not just swapping someone out. Well, you could say that it has to be a medical withdrawal. You have a medical team that's on site, and if the medical staff deems someone unfit to continue (sighs) – I know. I know. I don't like it. Why not? Because but what if someone says that they're 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 um uh they they can't go on because they have the flu and the doctors are like quit being a bitch and then the dude goes in there and dies and then it's on the medical team like I I I can't do it I can't do it that's a fair point I can't I can't do it but um but but I do like the idea of of having you know um a more robust teams maybe I'm just over, I, I've been accused of overcomplicating shit so. Uh. Uh, Brian, any anything else? Um, I, I'm plum. I'm plum out of questions. I'm, I'm ready to talk about uh, giraffes. No, I just say like I'm. I am excited that in the team competition there will be uniform workouts across all the semifinals. You know, despite the fact that they take place on different weekends, it'll give us a better indication of just how competitive that North America East team is. Maybe some of those teams just did great online and they won't do as well in person. And maybe there's going to be a ton of European teams that when the worm shows up, when some of the live competition stuff is, is thrown at them, that they excel and and maybe it wasn't as skewed as we thought. Um, and that will be some good, you know, touch points and data points to reevaluate 
you know, whether it's us just having conversations about it or the games team themselves looking back at this year and maybe saying, do we want to do something a little different with the team competition next year based on what we saw last year to, to maybe have a little bit more accurate representation of where the top teams happen to be this season. Cause that's going to change every year. Um, especially in the team side of things. Uh, draw your dagger uh, in baseball. You don't have a 26 man roster with all pitchers. You have guys with different skill sets. Brian, does that offend you that someone would compare the dumbest sport in the history of mankind that attracts the most retarded uh, spectators to uh, our beloved CrossFit? No comment. Okay. Didn't like the question. All right. Well, I apologize. It was probably a good comment and I took my a biased twist to it since it's my show. Uh, guys, uh, this evening, w- what's going to happen this evening? Are you on this evening show? Yeah. Um, we're basically going to predict how many workouts are going to be at semifinals and what they're going to be, and then we're also going to try to keep Taylor calm. JR and Taylor, myself, will come on the show tonight, and it's basically a semifinals programming prediction show. As usual, you'll get you know a, probably a very analytical perspective from JR based on what we've seen so far in the open and the quarterfinals, what's kind of missing that, that they would like to see as a, you know, make sure it's tested before we get to the games. We'll do a little bit of historical referencing. Generally you see this and this at semifinals. We know that Adrian has a, a huge hand, if not total control over kind of what that ends up looking like this year. And that he has, you know, pulled some stuff from the past and made it a little bit more relevant than it's been in recent competition years. So are there things that we could expect to see that might not be in a, in alignment with, with history based on the new programming team. Um, and yeah, I mean, of, of course, with uh, with those guys on the show and programming being the topic, it can go in a lot of different directions, but um, they're pretty good at what they do. They spend a lot of time and are very serious about it. I'll try to be prepared as well to keep up with them and should just be a fun night. Um, I, I uh, Two things, uh, draw your dagger. Um, uh, the CrossFit GOAT was a baseball player. I'm telling Rich what you said. Uh, please don't do that. I, I, uh, I take it back. Baseball is great. I love great. Uh, I love baseball. Please don't do that. Please don't tell Rich. Uh, Richie Rich, the beauty and the beast. Uh, that's in reference to Jr. and Taylor. I really like that. The beauty and the beast. Here's the Although, problem. Here's the beauty may not be so much beauty tonight. <laughs> what really? Did what happened? Jr. get hit by a truck? Got a black eye? Did oh <laughs> no shit! He's coming on like that. He ain't got that shit fixed yet. I don't think so. Oh, don't, wow. don't give it away. Don't give it away. Oh my goodness. Uh listen. Uh um when when I first started working for CrossFit, I brought there was a friend of mine who I brought along everywhere with me and eventually got hired also. His name was uh, Carrie Peterson. And behind my back, um Greg and Lauren and others referred to it as Sevon and the good looking guy or the good looking guy and Sevon. <laughs> And I was, I was a young man. I was 34 years old. And it always stung a little bit when I'd hear that. Now I completely understand and have embraced my... Um... He's still there? No, no, no. no. Oh, wow. Um, but uh, so I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to refer to Taylor. I don't know if Taylor's skin is thick enough to refer to them as beauty and the beast. If, maybe he's a pussy like I was. I don't know. I'll try. I mean, Taylor's ex- extraordinarily good looking in his own kind of um, uh, American history X way. <laughs> Um. <laughs> uh, but okay guys thank you so much uh, that was the uh, semifinals uh, or that's the worldwide rankings for, for teams um, very, very bold of Brian to uh, take that on uh, a beauty in the thumb that's, that's not bad uh, 
very, very noble of Brian strong, uh, strong work to take that on. And uh, we will have tons of semifinal coverage uh, for you. I have not reached out to Grundler yet, um, but I suspect that it will be myself and Grundler, uh, hopefully, and uh, who in Hiller and, and, and John Young and, and Taylor and to, what's his name? Taylor Watkins, Tyler Watkins, Halpin, those people who don't necessarily, have, if they don't have direct roles in covering the semifinals, hopefully we will be covering all three weeks like madmen, like we normally do. And we'll give you tons of. Uh, <clears throat> Tons of great stuff. We'll also pick Brian off when we can when he's walking between the. Uh... So we'll return return the uh, five minutes with friends. <laughs> yes, I do. I like that. Whenever Brian gets to take a bathroom break, we'll sneak him on with some interviews using his phone. But uh, we are planning to go full steam ahead on semifinals, and I, and I'm actually pretty pumped for it. Um, all right, I will see you guys this evening, Brian. Thanks for coming on. See you this evening. Great week. It's fun seeing you every day, and uh, I'll talk to you guys later. I Go thought ahead. it was fun not seeing you. 